Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. Up, down, up, down, left. Up, down, up, down, left. Up, up, left, left, up, up. Up, up, left, left. Up, up. Swipe up to play a longer round, or swipe down to end. What are you playing, Cecilia? I'm playing Blindfold Simon. Blindfold? Go ahead, play another game. This is interesting. I've never seen this on the phone. Yeah, it's an iPhone game. Up, left, down. Up, up, left, down. Up. So it does both up, sound left. and direction. Down. You got it. Wow. And you call this game what again? It's called Blindfold Simon. Blindfold it's Simon. by Blindfold Games. I used to have a little handheld game called Simon, and there was like four buttons. Mm-hmm. And it, somebody told me that there were also different colors, and they would light up the color, but then you could do it by sound. And, and again, left, right, up, or down. Mm-hmm. And you can keep going and going and going. It, it's kind of a fun game to see if you can do it all and how far you can get. Yeah, which I usually end up losing. Simon. Simon. Well... Let's talk about Simon. That's pretty cool. The Apostle Simon. We know very, 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 very Very little. little about him. (laughs) Actually, he's mentioned, but never mentioned in another Bible verse at all. Now, we, there are some things inferred about him, and then we have a few things from tradition. Uh, First, it's inferred that he was a zealot. Now, back then, a zealot was one of those uh, anti-nationalistic people. That's a big word, Pastor Dave. Uh, Okay, today it would be like the um, those fighting Israel, the Hezbollah, or but was the PLO, uh, fighting to bring down the nation, to put up a different nation. And every country has them. I, I suppose you could say ISIS was that, actually, in uh, Syria and, and Lebanon and so forth. Only these people were fighting to bring down Rome, not Israel. Yes, that's right. And bring back Israel. They were very zealous for the old way of things. It's believed probably that Simon was um, following Jesus, thinking he's going to be the one who's going to bring down the Romans. He's the, the military Messiah that we're looking for. Well, he, like all the others, found out later that Jesus had a different idea of a different kingdom, not to take down the Romans, but the devil, and his, his kingdom of darkness. Well, Simon... Uh, according to tradition, um, left uh, Israel, the country of, fairly quickly. And being a zealot, he was very zealous then for the Lord. And so he traveled in many different places. Um, Certainly in Africa, we know from several different sources of tradition. Some think actually up into Britain. But we're pretty sure he was executed with Jude, we'll get to in a moment, in modern-day Iran which was then called Persia. 
And again, it was because he was so zealous for the faith. In fact, there's one of the tradition talked about how the Coptic church, the Coptics are the Christians in Ethiopia. They hold to that their faith was brought to them by this Simon. Mm. Have you ever heard that phrase, a leopard can't change his spots? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, you can paint a leopard uh, with stripes, but it still has spots underneath. Yep, yep. He can't change who he is. And I really think that's the way Simon is. He was zealous. That was always a fire in his gut. So that when Jesus changed his heart, it didn't change his character. See, I was just going to say... Simon did change. I mean, terrorists, their idea is let's kill. Let's let's kill whoever we have to as long as we bring about what we want to. But Simon, after coming into contact with Jesus, decided, no, I don't want to kill. I want to help save lives, eternal lives. And so he might have been just as eager to... To, to spread his message, and he might have done everything that he could do, but now he was on the side of, of life. I don't know. I, I, I don't see it that way. I, I, maybe we should ask our listeners on this. It, it, it's hmm. a nuance, a fine line. I think there's one thing we can agree. We did kind of look around in the Bible for the word zeal, and yes, does it did. say anything? What did you find there? Uh, I found a couple of verses in Romans. Mm-hmm. Romans chapter 10, beginning at verse 1. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God. But their zeal is based on knowledge. Since they did not know the righteousness that comes from God, and sought to establish their own. Ah, interesting. Okay, so this zeal, they're very zealous for God, but Paul is pointing out that this zeal based for God was based on a, a knowledge that they had to do something to be saved, but that was the wrong way about it. And that's why Paul was out there being a missionary, to help them understand. Now, you found a different verse also, though, I think, of zeal? Yes. Because I think this bo- they both tie in. Go ahead. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. You know, I love in, those verses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, the uh, You're Not Alone podcast talked about that second verse about uh, being joyful in affliction and, and, and uh, hope and, and faithful in prayer. Um, f- never let the fire go out in your belly. Be zealous. But here we have it's zealous for the Lord. It didn't say God in general. 
but the Lord. And here it really does, if you looked elsewhere in, in Romans, it means the Lord Jesus. I would agree with you that, that uh, Simon changed in that he became zealous for Jesus rather than for killing. We can agree with that? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's do that. And, uh, well, you know, that's about all we got on Simon. <laughs> let's move on to Jude. Grandfather pinches his cheek. I think I'll leave you two pals alone. I brought you a special present. What is it? Open it up. The youngster unwraps it eagerly. A book? That's right. When I was your age, television was called books. And this is a special book. It was the book my father used to read to me when I was sick, and I used to read it to your father. And today, I'm going to read it to you. Got any sports in it? Are you kidding? Fencing, fighting, torture, revenge, giants, monsters, chases, escapes, true love, miracles. Doesn't sound too bad. I'll try and stay awake. Oh, well, thank you very much. Very nicely. Your vote of confidence is overwhelming. All right. Chapter one. Once upon a time... There was a prince, Abgar the Black. That's me. I'm a young boy, only nine years old. I really shouldn't be leading the country, but here I am. Abgar ruled a small kingdom nestled between the empires of Rome and Persia. The kingdom was called Osrin. Abgar heard about Jesus and began to write letters to him. Dear Jesus, how is the weather in Israel? I sure would like to meet you someday. Jesus wrote back and told him that one day he would send an apostle to visit Abgar. One day, Abgar became very ill. I don't feel well, and it ain't the food I ate. Oh my, I feel real sick. Abgar didn't hear anything from Jesus, but he did hear rumors that Jesus had been crucified. No, it can't be. Rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. What? Not long after that came the news that miracles were happening within his own kingdom among the Jewish people. I must find out about this. I am ill. Maybe this man can help me. 
So Abgar sent to find out who was doing these things. Are you the man who Jesus said would come and do miracles and healing? And it was Jude, sent just as Jesus had promised. Abgar asked, Are you, are you really one of the disciples of Jesus, the Son of God, who said to me, I'll, I'll send one of my disciples to heal you? Jude replied, You believed in the one who sent me, For that reason, I was sent to you. You believed, therefore the prayers of your heart will be granted. I believed in him so strongly, I wanted to take an army and destroy the Jews who had crucified him, but I was stopped by the imperial army of Rome. Jude explained that Jesus had fulfilled the will of his father, and that he had returned to God the Father. Then he laid his hand on Abgar, and to Abgar's amazement, not only he, but several members of his court were healed of their diseases. Now I think you ought to go to sleep. Shalom. Grandpa, maybe you could come over and read it again to me tomorrow. As you wish. And so Jude, or Judas, from the previous segment, is another one of the Twelve Apostles. I liked that story, by the way. Yeah, it comes to us from tradition, uh, from Eusebius, and there's other writings that kind of collaborate it, but it is only from tradition. Jude, we know, was one of the Twelve. He actually goes by several different names, even as we have different names today. Um, uh, nicknames and such, and there are common names, so it was with Jude. In fact, there's so many Jews that he had to have a different name to distinguish him. <laughs> um, Thaddeus, for example. I believe that's Matthew and Mark refer to him as that. Mm-hmm. He's known as Judas, son of James, in the book of Luke. And he's called Judas, not Iscariot, in the book of John. Of course, Judas Iscariot is the one who betrayed Jesus Uh, for 30 pieces of silver, and then hung himself. We'll get more to him later. Jude here, uh, the one we're talking about, is not the writer of the book of Jude. I was just going to ask. No, no. That was probably the brother of Jesus, and we know that basically from the first few verses in the book of Jude, where it talks about apostles, and he doesn't refer to himself. Hmm. This Jude uh, is probably another uh, one, just like, um, the previous gentleman, Simeon, a, a zealot, one who is zealous for the faith, wanting to destroy the, the ruling government of Rome and establish Israel 
a different government once again. Got to mention that because um, it'll play in here in several different places, including there's only one reference spoken of by Jude in the Bible. To where he himself speaks. And it's uh, Jude. It's in John (laughs) chapter 14, verse 22 and following. Do you have that, Cecilia? I do. Would you read it? Then Judas, not Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. I'm sorry, but I don't get it. Jude asks... A question, and it doesn't sound like Jesus answered it. No, he, he yeah. seems to go off on a totally different yeah. tangent. And I had to do some looking on this. Really, the answer Jesus gave, that there's three key words. Love, obey, and home. And what Jesus is trying to say, those who love me will obey me. And so you know those who are obeying me love me, and therefore the Father will have a home with them. And Jude asks, why aren't you telling other people about you and the Messiahship? Well, Jesus' answers to that, they don't love me. They don't obey me. And so Jesus is somewhat distinguishing here between the believers and the world. Now, this really enters in because Jude is such a man of zeal. He wants the world to know. Now, he wanted the world to know about Jesus, the Messiah that he thought who's going to throw out the Romans. And remember, the Romans had control of all of that area and, and many other countries. And as a zealot, he wanted them to be free. And so he wanted the word to get out that Jesus was going to do this. Mm. But that's why Jesus didn't want the word to get out, because he wasn't going to do this. He was going to do that. That meaning save the world from sin. Tradition gives us a few more stories about Jude the Apostle. He actually, because of his zeal, traveled and spoke the gospel to many, and thousands were saved, as well as his doing many miracles showing the power of Jesus. Just as we learned with the miracle at Osrin. Yes, exactly. And it was because of this and other things, he was actually and is known as the Apostle of Lost Causes, because he was able to do the miraculous, the unbelievable, one might say. And it was his zeal that led him to do certain miraculous things. It linked him up also with the other zealot, Simeon, in about 66 AD, um, just north of that country, uh, Asrim, is another country called Armenia. And because of these two apostles there, 
the gospel was planted firmly, and it actually, therefore, in the year 301, became the first Christian nation. Wow. Because the king became Christian and declared it so. After their work in, uh, in Armenia, they slowly moved up to what was known as Persia, or modern-day... Iran. Yes. There, they met some really stiff opposition. The uh, two religions were kind of going there. One was Zoroastrianism, started in what? Year, yeah, Zoroastrianism started by Zoroastrius, uh, the man who believed firmly in ethical um, uh, behavior, um, but it was very much a works-oriented one, oh. and um, also then a lot of animistic, uh, animistic religion where. Gods were seen as spirits in everything, here and there. And that one had a lot of people, almost we jokingly would call them witch doctors today. Uh, they called them magi back then. Well, two of them actually were in Ethiopia. And because of the preaching of Matthew in Ethiopia, they were chased out of Ethiopia. <laughs> so they came up here. And then Only to meet uh, Simon and Jude. Yes, yes. And because of their preaching, they got uh, uh, uncomfortable, worn. And so these two magi, uh, uh, warlocks, literally they are called in history, um, uh, got the crowd all riled up against the two. And they started stoning them. And I love this phrase. According to tradition, as they were starting to be stoned, Jude turned to Simeon and said, I think I hear the Lord calling us home. Mm. And as they were being stoned, another man raced up and threw a spear right through the middle of Jude. And two other thugs came up, grabbed Simeon, and literally they sawed him into pieces. And so ends the ministry of these two apostles. <laughs> Pastor Dave, what are we to take away from all this? Hmm. Well, let's see. Jude and Simeon. Simon. Oh, I did it again! <laughs> Jude and Simon were zealous for the Lord, and I got him killed! So don't be zealous for the Lord, or it'll get you killed! <laughs> no, it's probably uh, um, Who was your boss again? <laughs> oh. Um, well, what can we take away from this? Um, first off, we are not apostles. They are. Mm -hmm. We see that they were sent to many different lands. They probably didn't see a lot of the results. Yet mm. they were faithful. I think that's one thing we can take away from it, is as we are faithful, God will work the results. And Others down the road will benefit from those results. Not just see them, but benefit from them. When we look at, especially these two, Jude and... Simon. Thank you. Um, we can see that they looked to Jesus always to serve him. They weren't about themselves. Mm -hmm. And secondly, they were willing to face death... 
many times and take those long journeys, dusty, boring roads. I mean, they didn't have cars or no. airplanes or. They did it because they were looking to Jesus and saw whatever they did as service to Jesus, which I think can relate to us, that even when we're in a situation we don't like what we're doing or we're not having fun or it's not exciting or glamorous, if we're doing it for the Lord, that's all that matters. And then finally, even as Jude in his final words, looks like the Lord's calling us home, and then the spear went through him, he always had his eyes on Jesus for the future, for heaven. I think that's something we can also take with us, that this is not our final resting place. This is not our place of of finality. We look forward to being with Jesus in heaven. And as we look forward to being with Jesus in heaven, we still remember, we We are are not alone. alone. I will lead you who are blind by the ways you have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide you. I will turn the darkness into light before you and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake you. Do come back again to room 4216. Credits. Scenes from The Princess Bride, Act 3 Communications, 1987. Once Upon a Time, from the soundtrack to The Princess Bride, Act 3 Communications, 1987. Interlude Musicians, Robert Vaughn and Terry Nord. <laughs> 